Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. I like to think of chefs as artists and farmers and artisans and pastry aficionados and sommeliers and mixologists too. As a chef, I love crafting signature dishes and folding in my own creative touches and letting bits of my personality marinate through. Blending textures and flavors to create the ultimate experience, that is my specialty, and you'll learn it all here. So don't touch your dial because this show is about to feed your soul. From food to prose to wine, drinks, travel, fitness, health, and more, it is all covered here, and every weekend it delights me to share my passion with you. I'm always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com, and podcasts of the show are posted on my website in just one click of your mouse. You can catch everything you might have missed. And then you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, of course, with my daily dish at Chef Jamie Gwen. So let me set the table for you today. There is a rock star in the house, and you will never look at vegetables the same way again after you hear the zeal and the fervor and the passion of Farmer Lee Jones. He is the first farmer ever to win a James Beard Award. He is an expert in sustainable farming. He is the genius behind the chef's garden today. And if you haven't heard about the 300-acre family farm that remains one of the most innovative and pioneering in the world since its inception uh, due to his father's true extraordinary passion and genius, well, then stay tuned because... He has a book release that is the preeminent guide to vegetables, but it's the way he talks about vegetables and the soil and the chefs that love what he grows and what he loves. Uh, You will be hooked on him. I can tell you I am. So stay tuned because an in-depth conversation with Farmer Lee Jones of the Chef's Garden is coming up. But first, a while ago, black garlic began popping up on menus across the country. And I started researching it and searching for it and then cooking with it. And now black garlic is everywhere. You can find it in multiple forms, in fact. Melissa's Produce, who uh, I am so grateful to have as a supporter of this show uh, almost 20 years since its inception, in fact, Uh, actually displays it, provides it, and otherwise in grocery stores across the country. But you can find black garlic infused into products available uh, at retail in lots of wonderful ways. Uh, I will say that it is worth seeking out. And because it packs such a brilliant punch of flavor. Uh, And because of the fact that it's fermented, uh, it has a nice long life and it will be worth the search. Now, this fermented garlic delivers a molasses sweetness and it has a soft, fudgy texture. And you get a little roasted garlic, but you get gently pungent kind of funkiness. It has a, a charred component to it as well. If you could imagine 
pureeing shiitake mushrooms with soy sauce, that would be the same intensity of flavor as black garlic has. Now, it's sweet meat savory. It's like that perfect mix of molasses, richness, and tangy garlic. And it has a tender, almost jelly-like texture. And it melts in your mouth. Almost like dried fruit would, but better. It is as delicious as it is unique. And black garlic is a type of caramelized garlic. It's a Maillard reaction. It's not actually fermentation, although it's thought of as such. And it was first used as a food ingredient in Asian cuisine, of course. Uh, It doesn't have any additives. Um, It's not inoculated with a sort of culture or a fermenting agent. The color itself actually comes from a several weeks long heating and drying process where bulbs of garlic are slowly caramelized and the flavor concentrates. And when you heat the whole bulbs of garlic over the course of several weeks, it results in black cloves. The taste, if I were to try to describe it further, is sweet and syrupy and it has hints of balsamic vinegar and tamarind and its popularity is spreading. I think it's on its way to it ingredient status, it in quotes, of course. Uh, It has this matte black, gooey soft texture and visual, of course. Um, it's made its way to Top Chef. It's getting fame on the Food Network. Uh, if you didn't know what it was and it was sitting on the kitchen counter, you'd probably think it had gone rotten. But really, it's aged. And it is the most fabulous depth of flavor if you haven't tasted it. It also has, by the way, twice the antioxidants as regular garlic. It's really earthy. It's umami packed. And for chefs in the know, it's like the shortcut to adding the intense, what is that? The, as the French call it, the je ne sais quoi. I can't put my finger on it, but it's just so scrumptious. And you can flavor everything from mayonnaise to steak with it. So as I mentioned, where do you get it? You can order it online from my produce friends at Melissa's Produce. There are other gourmet retailers. Comes in the bulb. Uh, You can always remove the cloves from the bulb and use them whole or puree them. But then how should you use it? Well, I use the cloves as one would for roasted garlic. So I puree them with olive oil and I smear that paste on crostini. Then I'll incorporate it into a a rub for chicken or fish. I spread it on bread to make a sandwich that comes alive with flavor. Um, I scatter cloves on a baking sheet when I'm roasting vegetables so that the vegetables take on that flavor. And then I eat one of those roasted caramelized uh, cauliflower pieces with bulbs, uh, with uh, cloves rather of the roasted garlic from the sheet pan. I actually make a black garlic vinaigrette in the blender, your basic balsamic vinaigrette, but with the addition of black garlic, it is intensely good. And then you can find it powdered. In fact, it's like umami fairy dust, I call it. And you could sprinkle it on anything that needs some earthiness and depth, or you could make your morning eggs sing. You could add it to almost any soup. Like it's beautiful with a cream of mushroom soup. Uh, You can crust a steak with it. 
and then pan, sear, or roast. Uh, definitely pair it with potatoes, please. Uh, or even use that black garlic vinaigrette that I mentioned on roasted potatoes. And then you should make a black garlic compound butter. And I'll tell you why. A black compound garlic butter over a grilled ribeye steak right off your barbecue during the summer is a guaranteed shoe-in for culinary hero. I mean, you will be a grill master rock star. And then you can always cheat because great chefs do cheat. When you're short on time, what do you do? You use black garlic salt and you could make it yourself or you could buy it and keep it on hand because I'll tell you, it is a brilliant flavor booster. So I say, go get some, please try using it. And let me know if you think that black garlic is as extraordinary as I do. You can always email me anytime with your black garlic inspiration, or if you're looking uh, for ideas and insight, and you can always reach me at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. And it's time for a quick food news now. This is news you can use to celebrate the start of summer Krispy Kreme has a limited edition lemonade donut line. And I have to tell you, I had the chance to taste one. And it is like a freshly squeezed glass. Yes, they are that good. The Lemonade Glaze Collection has four different lemon-inspired donuts, deliciously summery and just bright and fresh with fabulous flavor. And it's a donut. I mean, how bad could it be, right? You want to stop by and grab any of the new lemonade glaze flavors through June 20th. And that isn't a lot of time. So be sure to stock up while you can. All right. Thank you, Krispy Kreme, for celebrating summer. And if you will, please stay tuned because we are about to relish in the absolute sheer passion and delight of Farmer Lee Jones. The gentleman at the helm of the chef's garden is here, and I cannot wait to dish with him. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Don't touch your dial. We'll be right back. love to cook or love to eat and you love to garden, well then this next conversation will be quite a coup. It is for me, Chef Jamie Gwen, in your radio. When I say we have rock stars on this show, I mean it. You see, our next guest cooked with Julia Child, has dined with Martha Stewart, provides veggies to the top chefs in the world, and was the first ever farmer to win a James Beard Award. He is an extraordinary expert in sustainable farming, innovative planting, and harvesting techniques, 
and truly the most trusted name in vegetables. Ever since the early days of the chef's garden's creation over 35 years ago, he has remained tirelessly committed to not only ensuring that the family's 300-acre farm remains one of the most innovative and pioneering in the world, but that we are ever growing in our knowledge and appreciation and bounty of fresh vegetables. He is the extraordinary Farmer Lee Jones, and he is here. And in the first encyclopedic release, you want to talk about a beauty and a bounty. You have to see and feel and read this book. His first prose have just released. It is called The Chef's Garden, a modern guide to common and unusual vegetables with recipes, and a wealth of knowledge from Farmer Lee on how to select, prepare, and cook vegetables. It's a Bible, 650 beautiful pages of detailed information. By the way, number one on Amazon and soon to be named a New York Times bestseller, no doubt. Farmer Lee Jones, albeit by phone, I'm sure is in his trademark overalls and red bow tie, And I am over the moon that you are here to dish. Farmer, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And kudos. What an extraordinary book. Thank you, Chef Jamie. Thanks Mm. for having me on. I'm really excited to be here with you today. (laughs) I can't tell you how thrilled I am. This um, This is quite a feat, a baby like this, a book like this. This is years in the making and... Uh, a, a really extraordinary culmination of talent, is it not? Well, you know, I like to say that uh, it's 37 years of our mistakes and <laughs> trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will have to say that Chef Jamie Simpson and Kristen Donnelly were just, we couldn't have done this book without them. Chef Jamie Simpson here at the Culinary Vegetable Institute is the liaison <laughs> for the Chef's Garden. Yes. And Kristen Donnelly, of course, is just fabulous writer and Mm. helped us through this process but it took about two and a half years to put it all together but really it was a 37 year culmination of course no it's it's quite extraordinary this is um, part part coffee table you know showcase and then i just want i want to grab a blanket and hunker down on the couch and read a page after page after page because the knowledge that you share and the insight, I think, is so full of wealth. And then I want to take the book to the kitchen, which, by the way, is enough for a few bicep curls along the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weighty book to the kitchen and cook with your chef, Jamie. Uh, it's, it's really something. Tell everyone about the chef's garden, please. For those that don't know um, about uh, your uh, father and uh, about the commitment to uh, the crop, I would say. Well, we're in an amazing microclimate. We're right on Lake Erie. Uh, most folks probably have not heard of Huron, Ohio, H-U-R-O-N, uh, but maybe many have heard of Cedar Point. It's an amusement park about eight miles from us that's been in existence for about 150 years. Mm. Highest, tallest, fastest roller coasters. But uh, the microclimate, is incredible because Lake Erie is the shallowest of all the Great Lakes. Consequently, it's the warmest. And we're 2.9 miles inland from Lake Erie. And the soil we're on is all old lake bottom about 11,000 years ago. It's some of the richest sandy loam in the world. Hmm. And at one point, 
uh, as near as we can figure, it peaked in about 1930 with over 330 truck farmers growing vegetables, taking them in to all individual-owned grocery store buyers before chain grocery stores even came into play, before roads and refrigeration had developed outside competition. So if you can imagine Cleveland an hour east of us, Toledo an hour west, Columbus two hours south of us, Detroit an hour and a half west, Mm -hmm. Cincinnati four hours south, Pittsburgh three and a half hours east, and then this amazing microclimate right in the middle of all of that. Fascinating. The farmers flourished. And just, it was a phenomenal vegetable production area. And my dad started to work for a very progressive vegetable grower in the 50s and learned a lot from Charles Nichols. And Mr. Nichols, by the 50s, outside competition was starting to occur. Roads and refrigeration had started to improve. And so places where they had longer growing seasons, so Arizona, Mm -hmm. uh, the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida, California, Uh, started to create competition, and of course chain grocery stores came into play. And as they did, one by one, the small family farms, just like a lot of individually owned grocery stores, one by one were displaced. Uh, If any of the listeners remember our famous Secretary of Agriculture in the 70s, his name was Earl Butts, and his message to farmers was to get big or get out. Hmm. And that was that was prophecy and that's what happened and my dad um, was farming about 1200 acres at the end uh, because one by one the small farms were going out of business and so my dad continued to increase his acreage to try and compete to have enough volume he was selling to places like the old Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company A&P Kroger (laughs) pick and pay big chains by the semi load and how much and, are you farming acreage-wise today? Well, 300, but it's even smaller than that because this is what's amazing. Two-thirds of the acreage is committed to harvesting the sun's energy. We jokingly <sighs> talk about going out and harvesting the sun or vi- har- harvesting vitamin D from mm-hmm. the sun. Mm-hmm. It's so much more true than we even understand And we have to talk about the fact that from 1930 to 2020, the nutritional levels in vegetables have gone down by over 50%, and they're continuing to go down at an increasing rate. As we're racing towards plant-based, plant-forward future, we have got to start and look at the integrity of the plant. Yes. And so what's exciting is we've actually put a laboratory in, and my dad was really driving this. A lot of times you've got to drag the older generation with the newer ideas. And we couldn't keep up with that. And he was just pushing this. It's because it all fundamentally starts with soil. Right. And so you do lab analysis on the soil. You find out what it's deficient. And two-thirds of that 350 acres is growing things like alfalfa, clover, vetch, buckwheat. We have a 15-species planting that we'll plant. So two-thirds, it's unprecedented amount of acreage is committed to harvesting the sun's energy. And then the other third, then we plant the turnip and the beet and the carrot and the spinach and the radish and on and on and on. Sure. And it is available, the nutrients are available to be picked up by the vegetable. Okay. And then when we eat it, it builds our, our immune system. Okay, farmer, we need to take a quick break. Please stay with us when we come back more on the wealth of knowledge from Farmer Lee Jones of the Chef's Garden. 
We're back and we're dishing on every possible veggie and herb and edible flower that farmer Lee Jones touches with his very green thumb. His trademark overalls and red bow tie in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen here as well. We're talking about the chef's garden, the modern guide to common and unusual vegetables in book form. We have to talk about, though, the fact that this cutting edge agricultural research lab that you have on the farm that you've created and nurtured, that was your father's brainchild, right? Has confirmed through research that your farm fresh vegetables have anywhere from 300 to 600% more nutrients than the USDA baseline. The independently verified, right? I mean, this it, is... That's right. Uh, there isn't even an adjective for how extraordinary that is. Ferran Audrey had visited the farm 10 years ago with Charlie Trotter. Mm. And he said, we've explored every species of fish, poultry, beef, lamb that exists. Right. But literally thousands of plants to be explored. And how exciting is it to think about the fact that not only as we move towards plant-based, plant-forward, that we can increase instead of it's finally turning this curve there where the product nutrition levels have just continued to go down further and further and further from 1930 to 2020. And to be able to turn that around is very exciting and so necessary for sustainability of well, society. Well, of course, of course. And, that, and that's what is most, I mean, what's most extraordinary about the chef's garden is the passion, period, in my opinion, and your talent and your commitment but really, your dedication to the planet is what needs to be highlighted. And you show a testament to that. I, you're harvesting the sun. And then these 300 acres, you are, uh, you, you are <laughs> laying claim to what is the most beautiful fertile soil to produce the most beautiful vegetables that anyone has ever seen with flavor and nutrients. I think it's so amazing farmer to talk about and I know that's what your friends call you so I I thank you you flatter me in allowing me to call you that I think it's amazing to read the the prose at the beginning of the book to hear the dedication like it it so rings through I I could feel it in the pages you talk about the smell of the dirt in the introduction can you can you describe it please well we jokingly say Hmm. that dirt is what's under your bed and soil is what you grow vegetables in. Hmm. So we talk about the smell of the soil. soil. Yes, sir. So uh, you laid that one down the plate for me. (laughs) 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 But um, we, we have a saying on the farm, healthy soil, healthy vegetables, healthy people, healthy environment. And that is the core of what our lives are about. Mm. And the aroma and the fragrance of freshly plowed soil in the spring. Farmers are the most optimistic people in the world because we get another chance every year. It's a renewal. It's a rebirth. What's exciting is is that the soil can be turned around. It can be saved. It can be improved. And it can improve us. And, you know, if we think about this, nutritional level from 1930 to 2020 going down over 50%. The other, the other thing we have to consider is a 3,000% increase in kidney, liver, heart, cancer disease, attention deficit disorder, autism, childhood obesity, and allergies. I would be willing to bet, and I won't bet the farm, I would be willing to bet you dinner. There isn't any one of the listeners here 
myself included, that isn't affected within our own families by one or more of these diseases. We don't think there's an accident in the fact that the nutritional levels are tanking and the occurrences, the health occurrences are going skyrocketing up. It becomes up to us to make a difference every bite at a time. Everything that we're eating, every, every time we go to dinner, it's with purpose. The food that we're eating to nourish our souls and our bodies, but also the environment. We have a choice, and it's just, this is our lives. I mean, I hope that you do. I can't think of any greater compliment, Chef Jamie, than for you to tell me that you can feel that in that book. This is, a, this is our life's work here. Oh, I, I think, and I will tell you, you can feel blood, blood sweat, and tears in this book. I, it, it is so apparent farmer that the passion the people the importance of what you value from the people first to the vet to the vegetables to the land and maybe not in that order as we go down people first but the vegetables the land the passion what you do the legacy the commitment the planet the earth Yes, I, I, I can feel it holding the book. And, and so much of that you talk about comes from the inspiration of chefs of late, you know, as in your, your father built this and then you've, you've really grown the farm as the food world has elevated and progressed. And the late great chef Charlie Trotter, may he rest in peace, was an in- incredible advocate and supporter of what you do today. And I, I know that I could feel from the pages of the book as well, the, the absolute commitment to him and him, him to you. Oh, he's present here every mm. day with us. He did more for our family than we could ever repay. And I always tell everybody that the most amazing part about our farm is not tractors, it's not greenhouses, it's not land, it's not farm uh, buildings or barns, it's people. And I am so honored to get to work with this amazing group of people. We have 1,000 years of chef's garden experience on the farm. And the diversity that we have from Russia to Hungary to Mexico to Brazil to South, from uh, just literally all over the world. Hmm. And they bring those ideas in. We have a world exchange program. And we share ideas. And they bring ideas with them from their home countries. And they take ideas back with them. It's the people. That's the thing that makes this special. Mm. And going through the past year that we've gone through, I couldn't be more proud of our team and sticking together. Mm. We pivoted to a home delivery for the first time in, in, in the career of the farm or the wow. history of the farm Fabulous. to be able to make the product available to, you know, individuals at home. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. The enthusiasm is contagious. It really is, Farmer. I, it's, it's just overwhelming to me. Can you please, uh, using your very wonderfully uh, genius, geeky brain, can you please define for us regenerative agriculture? Because it is a phrase that you uh, tout and that you're very proud of, but I don't think that it's uh, always understood. Well, you know, I think that it's an, it's an evolving thing. Yes. Um, the buzzword, the popular buzzword a few years ago was sustainable. And if we think about sustainable or sustain, it's to hang on. It's to do enough to sustain. I'm, I'm eating enough to sustain myself. I'm doing enough to sustain. And we want, we want agriculture to be regenerative, starting with the people. We want to be able to pay them a wage. 
that allows them to be able to have homes of their choice and automobiles of their choice, send children to schools of their choice. Mm -hmm. Regeneration, regenerative farming starts with the people. In the old days in farming, a farmer's goal was to leave the land in better condition than what he started with, to leave it for future generations better. And that's a noble thought, and it's still very, very important to us, and it's a part of regenerative agriculture. But I think that it really comes back to healthy soil, healthy vegetables, healthy people, healthy environment. And it really encompasses and embraces all of those things that we think about the environment, we think about the people, we think about the soil, we think about the vegetable. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it, it really is not about sustaining or hanging on, right. but to grow and to build and to yes. emerge yes. into healthier vegetables and a healthier planet. Yes, no, and I agree. And every day, another step forward is really what you, what you live by. Absolutely. Uh, it was um, quite intriguing to me to read about waste reduction in the chef's garden uh, it's it's not a it's not just a cookbook. It's a it's a novel. It's an encyclopedia, <laughs> um, and the responsibility you feel toward reducing waste. And what I uh, what I clued in on was from a chef's perspective, of course, farmer using the stems. You talk about using every part of the vegetable. And just for, for full disclosure, I, and I'm sure that inquiring minds want to know, you grow only vegetables, but you have nothing against fruit, do you? No, not at all. Okay, you know, <laughs> just checking. When we go back to Earl Butts, Secretary of Agriculture, um, saying get bigger, get, up, get out, my dad was trying, and we ultimately failed. And everybody that was there to celebrate our failure, and they auctioned the entire farm off. And it was a gut-wrenching, heartbreaking day. But, you know, we started over. Farmer, one more quick break. In harmony with Mother Nature, Farmer Lee Jones is here, and you wouldn't dare touch your dial now, would you? Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Don't go away. Chef Jamie Gwen back with you with the first ever farmer to win a James Beard Award. From the chef's garden, continuing the family legacy, Farmer Lee Jones is here. I am making carrot pot roast for a meatless Monday dinner coming up. Love it. Oh my God, love it, love it. And this radish butter terrine is really out of this world. This has to be French inspired because we know that the French... Uh, do love, as I do, of course, uh, good rustic bread spread with very good butter and salt and radishes, the complement of the radish to the butter. But this terrine is a farmer. This is one of the most beautiful mosaics I have ever seen. It's extraordinary. And, you know, the recipes and the dishes are really not for sensationalism. It's really to look and to stretch the imagination and consider using 
every part of those plants in ways that we may have never considered before. Mm. And it's just, it's just so exciting to be able to really look at the plant in a different way than than has ever been considered. Yeah, it's, it's done so beautifully and with such heart. Um, I can't tell you, I, I believe that you are a rock star amongst culinary rock stars. And I have anxiously awaited and anticipated this opportunity to talk with you. And I can't thank you enough for the time and the passion. Um, I know that, that these vegetables are your babies, and I would never ask you to choose your favorite child, but seasonally, we're, we're coming to what will be the peak of summer at some point soon, although it has not gotten warm at my house yet. At the peak of summer, can, can you name a vegetable or a dish that you crave? Just one of many. I have to, I can't let your, con- I'm not a rock star. I'm a dirt farmer. You're a and rock star. And it's the star. chefs that are the rock stars. They have allowed our family to mm. be able to follow our passion. You know, they took us under a wing when we were broken spirited and broken. And they, they, they gave us a path and gave us a direction and allowed us an existence as a small family farm in America. And to every chef out there that has you know, supported a farmer, my hat is off, and mm-hmm. you truly are the rock stars. Wow. Um, and it's lovely uh, and kudos. I really, really mean that. Yes, um, I know you do. From Jean-Louis Paladin, uh, God we, rest his soul, yes. and Charlie, and yes. Danielle, and Jamie Gwynn, and I mean, mm-hmm. just, I mean, everybody. You flatter me. My Thank favorite you. vegetable, it is a frequently <gasps> asked question. You have a favorite? Well, I have a favorite. Uh, when, I, when somebody asks me Today. that, I ask I ask them what season it is. Yes. Today, today it's asparagus. When okay. asparagus is in season, mm-hmm. we should eat it three times a day. <laughs> and when it's out of season, we should lust for it for nine more months. Okay, Farmer Lee, did you have asparagus for breakfast? I did. You did? In, yes. in what form, may I ask? Well, I like it with a little bit of whole wheat toast and yes. a fresh egg. Beautiful. And uh, steam it with oh. a little bit of cracked salt. Okay, I'm definitely coming to your house. You come uh, right ahead. We will leave the light on. Th- thank you. I, I trust that you will. There has never been a book like this before. It is a cookbook. It is a testament to the love of the land. It is a dedication to chefs. It is the most passionate gardening insight and expertise. It is uh, reading the story of a group of people who are paving the way for future generations to eat well. And if you are going to add any book to your coffee table, to your kitchen counter, if you want to learn, educate yourself and grow, you will get this book. It is called The Chef's Garden. It is written by Farmer Lee Jones with Kristen Donnelly. The foreword is by my culinary crush, Jose Andres. It is a modern guide to common and unusual vegetables with recipes. And uh, the chef at the helm of the chef's garden, Chef Jamie, uh, is the the true talent. Jamie Simpson, uh, head chef of the chef's garden culinary vegetable institute. And the recipes are inspiring. Uh, This is the preeminent guide to vegetables. You will never look at them the same way again. And it's the regenerative, regenerative rather, farming techniques, the team at the chef's garden that 
Farms in harmony with Mother Nature for healthy soil, healthy crops, healthy people, and a healthy planet that we should be praising. And at the helm, he is Farmer Lee Jones. Farmer, I am so proud to, to be able to newly call you my friend. It is with great pride. I cannot wait to come and visit you. And I am going to tell everyone I know about the book. Thank you so much for having us on. And remember, eat your veggies. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of truly fascinating, inspiring, extraordinary conversation. At least I hope you thought so. I loved every second of it. And what an honor to have Farmer Lee Jones of the Chef's Garden join us for the full hour to share his absolute thrill and his lifelong dedication to vegetables. Wait till you see this book. It is truly glorious. I thank you for listening. Before you go, though, let me leave you with my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of uh, gastronomic inspiration and culinary conversation for the hour. I mentioned at the start of this very veggie-centric show a black garlic compound butter. I like to grill a ribeye. Uh, and then finish with a compound butter. And because I'm black garlic centric crazy, I love the stuff. I've been making this black garlic compound butter, which I keep in the fridge, well wrapped in plastic wrap and then in a zipper bag because I find that compound butters do absorb or adopt some of the flavors from the fridge. So keep it airtight. But the black garlic adds this rich, malty, caramelized garlic flavor to what is a very versatile butter, right? You can flavor butter with just about anything. Make this summer the summer of compound butters for yourself and your kitchen and throw a piece of herby, lemony compound butter into your green beans next time you saute or boil or roast them. And then use this black garlic compound butter on your steaks or as a spread on warm bread or over roasted vegetables or anywhere that you desire umami flavor. It's unsalted butter with pureed black garlic cloves, some fresh chives and parsley and salt and pepper. And I am posting the recipe now on my social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. So please become a friend and a fan and grab it. And please meet me here next weekend when there is so much more fabulous food in your radio. Once again, thank you for tuning in. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to eat well. Bye.